This week, President Biden issued an executive order directing U.S. government agencies to work together to regulate cryptocurrencies. The order was interpreted as generally pro-cryptocurrency in tone, and the price of Bitcoin accordingly rose about 10% on the news to just over $42,000. 48% of consumers earning more than $100,000 in annual income currently live paycheck to paycheck, a 10% increase from 2021, according to a survey of U.S. consumers by Payments and Lending Club. In this edition of Commerce Code, Achieving Customer Empathy, a conversation with Jared Carr of Qualsites. Dan Carell here, and this is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. Thanks for joining us for insights into the evolving world of digital commerce. President Biden this week announced a ban on Russian oil and gas imports to America. A Russian official promised retaliation. Russian crude has recently been about 8% of U.S. imports, equal with Mexico. Canada is the largest foreign source to the United States, providing 51% of its crude imports. Britain said that it would phase out Russian oil, but other European countries didn't immediately follow suit. Ukraine banned the export of grains to combat shortages in the country. Since Ukraine is a major producer of grains on the world market, the ban could lead to shortages and price rises elsewhere, which already threatened to spread hunger in the Middle East and Africa. Irrespective of official policy, supply chain instability threatens to spike food prices overall. Wheat was up sharply this week. Fitch Ratings downgraded Russia's credit rating to the second lowest level and said that it believes a sovereign default is imminent. Vladimir Putin announced measures to cushion the impact of Western sanctions and foreign business departures and ordered extra government subsidies for the poor. Some Russians are stockpiling food, prompting retailers to introduce caps. Today on the show, we'll learn about new approaches to gaining customer insights by speaking with Jared Carr, the chief customer officer of Qualsites. Jared, thank you so much for joining us today on Commerce Code. Where are you joining us from? Oh, I'm in sunny Chicago, even though it's an unseasonable word to use right now. It's actually a gorgeous day in Chicago, so I'm very happy about that. I'm feeling good. Anything is possible in March in Chicago. Well, look, we're excited about the conversation. So let me start with this. Qualsites is a global insights tech platform really targeted, if I understand correctly, to brands, to agencies. The idea is to generate deeper consumer insights. And I'd just love to learn a little bit more about your approach to doing this and sort of what your mission is. Qualsites is a pretty groundbreaking technology in the consumer insights space because I think what we've done well is we've taken the best of the tech and analog worlds in the insight space to really actually give our clients the right experience that helps them combine the depth and authenticity of really getting to know a consumer and all about their context, but also that familiarity and ease of use that you would want to expect from any truly modern platform of insights. And I think the reason we were able to get there is we do have a larger mission and we just feel that broadly speaking, the world would just be a better place overall if people just really took a moment to get to know each other. And we treat our customers and their consumers in the same fashion. And it's that core value of ours that really pushes us to create technologies that get deeper, but are still very easy and familiar without having to be there in a live conversation with someone. 
I'm going to take from that that part of what you're saying is outward characteristics don't tell you that much. In other words, I'm a 49-year-old Midwestern male, and getting to know me requires the knowledge of more than that. And you guys are targeting the get to know you at a much more granular or more, can I even say, intimate level. You can say that, and you're exactly right. It's a bit short-sighted when we've typecasted people the way that we have in this industry and just life in general, I think in a lot of senses, that people are a lot more complicated and dynamic than what this industry and a lot of businesses have used to really typecast their consumers. So being able to go beyond that just age and gender and where you live, the details that you just shared, is really getting under the surface of who you are and what drives you and what needs you have and what needs you have for your family and the loved ones around you. It's important to know those details. And if not, the risk is quite high that you make incorrect assumptions about people, which I think we can all probably agree is something that the world needs a little less of right now. Absolutely. So consumer insights, though, is a hugely valuable space in the economy. So needless to say, you guys are not the only players here. You, however, as you've hinted at, you have a really distinctive approach. I'd love to hear more about kind of how the Qualsites approach is unique in, in getting to know the consumer. It's really a mixed methodological approach that caters to businesses that want to actually get multiple moments or be exposed to multiple moments within a consumer's journey, whereas a lot of the other technology platforms out there tend to only focus on one piece of the puzzle. So for example, if they just want to see how a consumer sees a product or not on a shelf... Other platforms might be able to do that, but what they're not able to do is mix that with the other relevant parts of the consumer journey. So for example, it might be what products do they have at home or how do they feel about natural ingredients or what might be safe for their pets. So what Qualsates does is offers that ability to be able to capture multiple moments whenever and wherever they happen instead of taking a small and sometimes presumptuous narrow look at that particular moment in time what the other platforms might do. We've all hung out with researchers, statisticians, you know, enough to know that they do like precedent and they do like methodologies that have been around a long time. So what would you say to a researcher who really is steeped in traditional methodologies for doing this kind of research about how Qualsites works and what you're able to deliver? <laughs> just being cheeky, but honest, I think they're going to love us. And that's what I would tell them because I've been in a research and insights function for 18 years now. And I grew up doing a lot of the traditional and face-to-face -face methods. And there's a lot of value there. There's trade-offs though. So while they might be able to get deep, what you end up trading off is the time or the expense or the energy that it takes to do those at scale. What Qualsites does is really leans on the integrity of the good pieces of that traditional research. So being able to get deep and be there with consumers and learn many contexts about them, but it uses technology to get rid of the pieces that you don't appreciate from those traditional methods. So that ability to leverage technology to get the best of both worlds so that you don't have to make that trade-off that currently exists with other providers in that area of traditional qual versus some of the more technology-forward approaches that don't really cater to that need very much. 
you know, a lot of things have changed since the pandemic starts and among many other things, the way consumers shop. And so I'm wondering how, from your perspective, having this intimate view or this perspective on how to gather information about consumers, how do you think companies across different industries can kind of keep up with the new ways that customers are shopping and the new ways that they're consuming information? Shopping behavior has been knocked pretty far off of habit for a lot of people in the past few years, and understandably so. Some welcomed that change, some not so much, and they were a bit forced into it. But in either case, I think that it's a monumental shift that affects so many businesses. The first thing I would suggest is continue to learn, continue to ask questions, continue to be curious. It goes back to our values that we talked about before, trying to avoid to the best of your ability making assumptions about people. And I think what that looks like is having a constant pulse where you're we're talking to a variety of consumers that shop in a variety of ways and doing that in a continuous fashion that above all else is extremely authentic. There's a lot of research that can be done out there that is inauthentic. But choosing the right technology partner, I'd like to say that's Qualsites, is being able to truly observe the in-the-moment behaviors without bias, without creating a lab experiment that produces those inauthentic answers. That's where I think it really begins, is just being open to the possibilities that the world is changing and asking the right questions. And number two, being able to leverage the right technologies to put you in the most natural space possible to capture those moments so that you know what to do with them from a business standpoint. I'm listening to you and imagining that part of what you're trying to do is to get a better angle on what people say. And there is always a potential gap between what people say and what they do. And you're trying to reconcile those things. So find them when you say in a more natural context or closer to the shopping decision, it's to try and close the gap between you know what I say and what I actually do. Is that one way of thinking about it? That is definitely a way of thinking about it. As an industry, we've sort of separated those two worlds into these terms called quant research and qual research. A lot of quant is what they say via surveys and whatnot, because it scales. You can ask surveys in the same way to thousands of people in hundreds of countries, and it's the exact same thing every time, and it produces charts, which we can all understand regardless of geography or language. The watch people doing things has been in historically in this land of qualitative, but it's been very point in time, and it hasn't really scaled because it's very hard to watch people do things thousands of times across hundreds of countries and dozens of languages and have the financial and human resources to actually make sense out of that and have get compound learning out of it. And so you're right, what Qualsites has done is it properly blends both of those because just like we talked about taking the best of the traditional research methodologies and new technologies, we do the same with the best of quant and the best of qual. What people say and what people do are equally as important, but in either case, it needs to scale and it needs to be efficient for a business to operate or else it begins to lose value. Last question, thinking about the future, clearly you're deep in this stuff, so I want to know what you think. If you imagine the quality of new technologies that are being brought to bear in a bunch of ways and the data that's available now, what do you think we'll be able to do or know three to five years from now that we can't do or know now? 
I, you can't see me now, but I'm smiling <laughs> with that question because Qualsex is actually working on something right now that we do believe is going to be the next generation of technology in an insight space. We haven't released it yet, so unfortunately, I can't talk about it too much. But I believe where the future is heading is in a similar space to what I described earlier, which is being able to simultaneously and without trade-offs capture both the what and the why that gets at that observational natural power that we talked about combined with what they say and what they use. So having technology that truly blends this world of quant and qual or traditional and technology is where the space is going because I think at the end of the day, if we continue to treat what they say and what they do as two separate entities, we're always going to have an incomplete picture and end up in that same place that we talked about earlier, which is making possibly incorrect assumptions about one another. That's a great way, I think, to end it. And so, Jared, we will uh, leave it there. Thank you so much for your insights into this and your time. We look forward to continuing the conversation, perhaps in future episodes. And best of luck to everything that you're doing there at Qualsites. Thank you so much. Great for having me. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on empathy. I chatted with Jared for a few minutes after we finished recording, and I asked him what he thought his work was really about. He said it was really about empathy. In the interview, you heard him say that Qualsites was founded on the belief that the world would be a better place if we all just understood each other a little better. Granted that we're talking about commerce here, but the feeling of being seen and of being respected happens everywhere, and it definitely happens in our roles as consumers. People build relationships when they feel valued, when they feel respected. People, on the other hand, can do very destructive and antisocial things when they feel disrespected. I have a theory that when you see people doing something irrational, when they seem absolutely bent on a course of action that makes little sense, it's almost always because they feel disrespected. And I'll go a little further out on a limb and say that when people feel disrespected, it's usually just that they haven't been understood to begin with. This is empathy, or its absence. We've all flown a lot. We've been frustrated with the airlines. I'm pretty confident. I had one of those this week. And I hope we've all been around the block enough to know that a frustrated airline passenger will have a very different reaction to the person behind the counter if they can conjure a posture of empathy. So imagine that person's constraints. Imagine how awful the computer has been to them today, what they can and can't actually make that thing do. Imagine having their job security or lack thereof or their pay. Have you ever yelled or honked at someone from behind the wheel and then thought, wait, what if I know that person? And why does that change it? If it turns out that it's your mom driving and she's just cut you off, I mean, shouldn't you just chew her out all the same? But you wouldn't because you have empathy. You know her story. It is a melancholy week, I'll be honest. Even in the pure private sector, a lot of organizations are spending time figuring out how to deal with the complex implications of what's going on in Ukraine right now. I've spent a good deal of time with them. I have to say that things that seemed complicated a few days ago, sadly, are becoming starkly simple. And I think everyone's wrapping their heads around the fact that a big chunk of the world's landmass is in a full-fledged, old-school, mechanized warfare right now. The origins of this war will be dissected for decades to come. I am not the guy to try to explain it. But I think about what Jared said about understanding each other better. That's not going to stop this war. It's way too late for that. I do think, though, that empathy, however we do it at any level, is a thing we need 
and we always need more of. And it's the way that we prevent these things from happening when we're at our best. To find out more about the latest trends in digital commerce and digital advertising, check out our website, www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless. This is Dan Carell signing off.